The podcast under the stairs, void diary entry number four. I'll never forget the first time my younger brother learned to count. We'd been out at a kid's birthday party. I would have been about six or seven years old at the time. He would have been just coming up on four. Um, The friend's birthday party had been a lot of fun. There was a bouncy castle there. There was a a magician. Lots of cake and jelly and ice cream. And when my parents picked us up about seven o'clock at night, we were still very much coming down from a massive sugar rush. We got home, had a bath, put to bed. We shared a room and uh, we had a TV in there. So as generally every night would go, um, we would watch whatever TV programs were on one of the three stations. Um, And uh, I remember watching The Equalizer and falling asleep. About 10 minutes to midnight, uh, I have this vague recollection of my my bed sheets being pulled and um, my younger brother whispering to me, Duncan, Duncan, get up. I struggled to, to kind of open my eyes and, and, and when I finally did, I had to acclimatise to the darkness in the room. Um, when I finally did and my eyes came into focus, my younger brother was standing at the side of my bed, smiling. I asked him why he'd woken me up and he said, guess how old I'm going to be next month. I mean, I already knew the answer, but, you know, it just seemed like such a silly question. I kind of lost my temper and I stared right back at him and I said, you tell me how old you're going to be. And with that, he raised four fingers. Several hours passed after the, the horror set in. I was still trying to get my head around it all and he wouldn't answer my question. He casually went back to sleep. I still want to know the answer to that question. Where did he get the fingers? You're listening to Druid FM on 192 BC. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs, episode number 43. I am your host, Duncan McLeach, and welcome to the show. Um, Coming up on this episode, we have movie reviews of 2014's Housebound and 1991's The People Under the Stairs. Joining me on those movie reviews is the man behind Grave Shift Radio and one half of the dynamic drunk duo over at 12 Ounces of Terror, of course, I'm speaking about a um, very good friend of mine, Ryan Lewis. Um, those conversations will be coming up later on. I hope you all had a great Christmas and New Year, and I hope you all got some great presents over the Christmas period. Um, I got a ton of horror-related gifts, as I usually do, <laughs> and um, plenty of hours of viewing ahead for me to watch all the way through. Um, if you got anything cool and horror-related, uh, post it on the Facebook page. Um, if you've got any Blu-rays like I did, post them on there if you've watched 
watched them and let us know what you think. Um, I managed to get some pretty cool things. Uh, probably the jewel in that crown though is the Vincent Price collection from Arrow. It's a lot of this Corman era stuff, uh, including things like the Pit and the Pendulum, the Raven, the Tomb of Ligia. So plenty of things for me to watch and I can't wait to get more involved and clear some time to sit down and go through some of the special features on some of those Blu-rays. Um, the majority of my time in the last week though has been in um, what can only be described as infatuation or obsession. Um, I always think that infatuation sounds like a better word than obsession. It's, it's all about, I mean they basically are the same word but one um, has kind of stalkerish sort of connotations while the other one seems to have a romantic sound to it, infatuation, um, with a podcast called Serial. Um, now, a lot of you guys out there, this will not be news to you. This is probably, arguably, the biggest podcast of 2014. And I've uh, I found myself incredibly wrapped up with this story. I, I, I've deliberately waited off until the full season had you know, run its course before I downloaded it because um, I'd heard it was fairly addictive and people were struggling to wait episode to episode, um, you know, week on week. So very much like I do quite a lot of TV shows, I just stuck my head in the sand like an ostrich and uh, waited until they were all there to download in one block and listen to. And I, I went through them all in one day and it's probably one of the the coolest podcasts I've ever listened to. I mean it's not necessarily reinventing the wheel but the delivery, the production of the show and just the compelling real life story of it. Um, was something that completely captivated me. I highly, highly recommend that if you get a chance, check out Serial. Um, great, great podcast. Um, I've also been working on a brand new project which I can finally announce because it's uh, about to drop later on this week. Um, myself and Andy Blockley from the Big Horror and Little podcast have joined forces. We have a, a new sidecast um, where we are going to be tackling all 72 films from the Video Nasty list. For those that don't know, the Video Nasty list was an infamous list created in the 1980s um, by people that probably shouldn't have had the power to restrict what people could see and couldn't see in the UK. And these movies were deemed as being the worst and banned from the country. Uh, so myself and Andy are going to be working through movie reviews of all 72. Roughly two to three reviews every episode. Um, the first one will be out, like I say, um, sometime probably this week. And will be exclusively available on the Horror Felion Podcast Network. And the show is called, wait for it because plenty of double entendres here, uh, Doing the Nasty um, podcast. So yeah, if you get a chance, check it out. I'll post all the information on the Facebook page. Um, if you're not a member of the Facebook page, you'll not be able to see this. So to be a member of the Facebook page, all you need to do is go to Facebook and type in the top search bar podcast under the stairs, come across to our group. There's loads of people there now. I think we're up to about 170 members, which just is mind-blowing. I can't believe that. Um, everyone is really having a lot of fun on the page. I, I've said it before, you guys know this, I don't want to go back over all this mushy shit, but um, it's the best group um, out there and all, of all the horror podcasts. Podcasts Under the Stairs group is the best. You guys are awesome. Um, out with listening to copious amounts of Serial, um, I've been just trying to catch up on other shows. There's so much kind of, there was a bit of downtime, obviously not a lot of people put out shows over Christmas, um, but I've been slowly catching up. 
and um, slowly catching up with some movies. Uh, I kind of feel like I've been left behind with a lot of things at the start of the year. It's my intention to go and see the new Woman in Black uh, sequel, uh, Angel of Death. Not because I think it's going to be a particularly good movie, more because I think I'm going to try and see as many horror movies that come to my local cinema this year as possible. Uh, I have a cinema card anyway, so it doesn't really cost me anything above my, my membership fee. And kind of, regardless of the movies are good or bad, it kind of shows that I have an interest in supporting horror movies when they do come to the cinema. I'm always complaining that movies don't come to the cinema, but then again, I'm part of the reason they don't. If I'm not going to check out the movies when they come around there, why would a movie company want to then put out their next horror movie on a on a national level? It just kind of makes sense. So um, I dare say, once I've seen that movie, there will be a, a review on one of the upcoming shows of that movie. So yeah, this show, like I say, is going to be pretty cool. Um, myself and uh, Mr. Ryan Lewis have two movies which we both really liked, and that's not necessarily a spoiler. Anyone that has listened to anything that Ryan's done or anything I've done this year will know that um, we both really enjoyed Housebound, and at the same time, if you have any any surprise in hearing that I like the movie The People Under the Stairs after what this show's called, um, then I don't know what to say. I, I, I would love to be as oblivious as you. Um, so... Um, yeah, those reviews are coming up really soon. They're, they're, they're a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully you dig them as much as I did recording them. Um, also on this show, there is going to be a small uh, Agony and Baz section. Yeah, we're going to be debuting Baz's Basement, uh, where Baz is going to answer one of the questions posed by one of our listeners uh, in our mailbox. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I can tell you right now, I almost 100% guarantee it. It's going to be a riot if the Baz is involved. Um, and he'll be joining me very soon, probably about the end of the month, to tackle the next three movies and his Friday the 13th retrospective. So that'll be the second, third and fourth movies in that. And I'm already hard at work trying to assemble the team of tutors for his um, first proper assignment, which is uh, Baz takes on the Evil Dead franchise. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. So I think I have done enough talking here. I think it's time to kick the show into gear. So we're going to take our first break. Uh, You're going to hear some promos for shows that I love and the trailer for our first movie review, which is Housebound. And we'll be right back after this. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. Please consider us your high priest and priestess of satanic cinema. Join us on our podcast, Kiss the Goat, which will drag your soul through some of the finest and worst devil movies of the last 50 years. Devils and demons, exorcisms and possessions, cults and rituals, dogs and cats living together. Is that a devil movie? Maybe. Sort of. I don't know, babe. We'll talk about it later. Join us on the Horrorphilia Podcast Network every other week as we don our hoods and cloaks and kiss kiss the the goat. A hell of a good time. I knew you were going to say that. Of course you did. It's in the script. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong 
Show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com. Your client has been through a number of these treatment programs in the past, and the results have been less than spectacular. Miss Bracknell is in need of stability. I'm therefore ordering an urgent report into the suitability of a mother's house for a sentence of eight months home detention. Gosh, that's high tech, isn't it? Aren't you lucky, Kylie, having all that fancy technology on your foot? Nice being back home. Some things have happened since I've been here. Things I can't explain. I'm not the only one who thought there was a ghost in this house, Kylie. What are you going to do against a hostile spirit? I'm going to smash it in the face. When you put an overactive mind in an inactive environment, there's bound to be complications. I don't need a counselling session. I just need to get out of this Oh no, they've been doing this all week. Hold on. The restless spirit that lives in this house, what is your business here? So, are you happy to proceed with the story that Mr. McRandall was attacked by a vengeful ghost? Yes. Righto. And welcome back. So you have just heard the trailer for our first movie review of the show. It's Housebound. But first, allow me to introduce my guest for these reviews. He is the founding member and host of Grave Shift Radio and one half of the dynamic duo over at 12 Ounces of Terror. Uh, but first and foremost, and more importantly, a man that I am overjoyed to call one of my friends is, of course, Mr. Ryan Lewis. How are you doing, sir? I am fantastic, sir. Thank you for having me on again, man. Oh, this is this has been overdue. I'm telling you, man. Always a good fucking time. Plus, what we're talking about tonight, I am beyond excited. <laughs> yeah, for those for those that don't know, um, and I feel the need to slap them verbally over this podcast. <laughs> um, Graveshift Radio. Uh, a fair few months ago, we did a we did an episode. I was. Um, overjoyed to be invited on um, and the two movies that were discussed were The Exorcist which uh, you know it's, it's always a joy to, to watch cinematic gold um, but well, yeah. you had said to me at the time we're going to do The Exorcist I want you on um, you know maybe we could do People Under the Stairs you know I know you like that mm-hmm. movie and I was like well yeah just, I kind of like that movie <laughs> you know what I mean uh, I maybe maybe named my podcast after it. Um, oh, quite possible. Quite possible. So, yeah, maybe I've stole the artwork for the banner, possibly, <laughs> um, which is now changed. But um, so uh, yeah, we actually uh, the the conversations. The one I had the most fun on, and this is sacrilege, was the people under the stairs because it is it is not any day you come across someone uh, who is like-minded not only in that they enjoy most of the movies that you enjoy but they hold the people under the stairs with the same regard and reverence as I do because uh, that movie uh, god damn that movie <laughs> so <laughs> when we were we were basically been chatting about it I'm back on Graveshift just now doing a run of shows with uh, the Exorcist retrospective and um, mm. 
I'd, I'd joke to you, why don't we just do People Under the Stairs again, which has led to this show. Um, people Under the Stairs again is going to be on this show. I can't fucking wait. Um, right. And with Housebound, man, I, I can't think of a better two-movie pairing than Housebound and the People Under the Stairs. It's It's got that, mm, it's got that feel to it that uh, gets me excited just like this one. Yeah, totally. It's one of these ones. It's one of these ones that when I'd heard a lot of buzz about it, I watched the movie, and when it finished, I was like, "This is one of the best horror comedies that I've seen in a while." And not only that, it evokes the spirit of one of my favourite movies ever made. So um, it just felt like a marriage made in hell, Ryan. Like I, like some sort of satanic right. pact. Um, and as such, we will be discussing these movies. But first, my friend. You have some shows. Uh, would you like to tell the people where they can check out your shows when they finish listening to this? They should be going over and checking them out. Right on. You can find Graveshift Radio and also 12 Ounces of Terror on legionpodcast.com, also on iTunes. Look us up. You should enjoy it. Duncan's a frequent visitor on uh, <laughs> on uh, Graveshift and shit, the last 12 Ounces of Terror. He was on that one as well. And it's a good time, man. A lot of horror, a lot of comedy, a lot of, a lot of bullshit and cock talk. It's good. Yes, it's, it's the one show, it's the, Graveshift is the one show that I, I, one, I don't have to edit it, which makes it a joy to, to appear on, mm. but two, the, the fact I can come on that show and just be as vulgar and crass, um, and it just feels right, you know, it doesn't feel like, oh, should I, 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 I think it's the only show I've ever done that I've used the cunt word and not had to say it's alright if I say that word after it, you know, right. can, you just right. say it as if... It's one of those things, you know, if you hear a lot of people, like, cursing sometimes, you feel to yourself that maybe this feels a little forced, but when we do it, it's kind of like, oh, these guys are just a bunch of scumbags, so that's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it flows well because, you know, it just happens to be who we are. Yeah, definitely. And I wouldn't have the show any other way. So... Let's tackle our first movie review. You heard the trailer there. Let me give you some information about Housebound, which came out in 2014 and was written and directed by Gerard Johnson. Um, the film stars Morgana O'Reilly, Rima T. Wataya, or Wata, Wata, or whatever, I don't know. I'm terrible with these. Honestly, Glenn, Paul, Waru, Ross Harper, Cameron Rhodes, Ryan Lamp, Mike Innes, Bruce Hopkins, Wallace Chapman, there is other people in this movie. However, the synopsis for the movie is Kyle Bucknell, Kylie sorry, Bucknell is forced to return to the house she grew up in. When the courts place on her home detention, her punishment is made all the more unbearable by the fact she has to live there with her mother, Miriam. A well-intentioned blabbermouth who is convinced that the house is haunted. Kylie dismisses Miriam's superstitions as nothing more than a distraction from a life occupied by boiled vegetables and small-time gossip. However, when she too becomes privy to unsettling whispers and strange bumps in the night, she begins to wonder whether she has inherited her overactive imagination, or if the house is in fact possessed by a hostile spirit who is less than happy about her new living arrangements. So, um. This movie is from New Zealand, uh, like I say, a lot of buzz about this movie uh, in 2014 and I'll just say up front, uh, the, the buzz is well justified. Um, you have already, if you're listening to this episode, hopefully you've already checked out the episode which ran down my top 10 best 
horror movies of 2014 and it should be no surprise that this one featured incredibly high up on that list i think it is absolutely mm. fantastic however ryan you're my guest sir would you like to tell us um and we're gonna we're gonna do non-spoiler first on this one because the movie's still well with people under the stairs i don't care about spoiling that movie but this one right. still fresh in their memories a non-spoiler review what did you think of housebound this has to be one of the most fun times I've had in a movie in a long, long time. I got to thank you. You managed to send me a copy of this film. And um, I remember you telling me, oh, you're going to like this one. And I did. It was, dude, it's crazy. This movie, it jumps all over the place where you think it's one thing and suddenly it's another. And then suddenly it's another thing. Mm -hmm. And by the end of it, you're like, this story is so batshit crazy that uh, you have to love it. It's, It's absolutely endearing. This film, I don't know, it makes me happy, man. Yeah, there's got there's a weird kind of I I noticed this with with films like The Babadook, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. the, in twenty fourteen, in other years, my attention has been attracted to different countries. You can see almost like a horror movement coming from a particular area. I mean, France went right. through it. Spain's been through it recently. Japan famously went through it. Korea, you know, they have this kind of resurgence in their cinema, especially on the kind of more horror or nasty end. Um, mm. And that kind of, the Australia-New Zealand contingent in 2014 did four incredibly strong movies, in my opinion. The Wolf Creek 2, which was just so fucking quirky, so bizarre and so bloody. I, I loved that movie. Um, we got The Babadook, which I think is possibly the, the, the birth of a new modern classic um, in terms right. of just... Everything about that movie, it didn't necessarily scare me, but it creeped me the fuck out. Um, and all the ways that a movie, a horror movie should, I mean, horror movies shouldn't just be about jump scares. There should be substance there. And a Babadook gave me that. Um, we are what we are. Um, not mm. we are what we are. Uh, what we do in the shadows, sorry. What which we do is, in the shadows. Yeah, which is the, the, the vampire documentary comedy, which is also from New Zealand, which I thought was incredibly funny. It, it ticked all the, the boxes for a good horror comedy for me. And Housebound. And what Housebound is to me is it has this weird kind of gothic kind of haunted house vibe about, you know, the house that she sent back to and the, the way the movie shot has that feel, considering it's in New Zealand, which is, well, you've if anyone's ever seen Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, that's New Zealand, right? That's what New Zealand looks like. To have this kind of gothic, kind of haunted house feel about a movie like that, one is not what you're expecting, but two, mm. what the, the, the acting, uh, the comic timing in the movie is genius. I oh, mean, it's impeccable. It's just spot on. And once again, we we spoke about this on other shows, Ryan. Um, horror comedies are probably the most difficult to do. I mean, anyone can do a horror movie. Anyone can do cheap jump scares and blood splatter on the wall. Horror comedy is really difficult because you need to balance two genres, which can easily, you know, which easily stand on their own merits, are difficult to pull off at the best of times. But when you bring them together, they become. You know, it's like a, it's almost like a scale, and you've got mm-hmm. to balance that scale with equal parts comedy to equal parts horror, which is near impossible. And few movies break through. I, I mean, uh, there's very few horror comedies I would say are you know excellent movies. Most of them are enjoyable watches. Housebound is an excellent movie because the balance is there. It's 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 perfectly 
balanced it shot beautifully. Um, Lee, you were talking about the twists. I can't wait to go into spoiler territory on this mm-hmm. movie. Because the, the, when the twists kick in, when you think you know where this movie is going and it pulls the rug from under you and then does it again, that's the that's the joy of this movie is that you kind of settle in and you kind of think it's a horror comedy. I know where this is going. I've seen horror comedies before. And then you get the first twist and you're like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. But I'm kind of, yeah, this is, this is awesome. I'm loving it. And then it pays homage to a particular movie which we're going to be talking about later in a way which is so delightful. I, I you know, I just I wanted to find the director and hug him <laughs> and just say thank you very much because I, I I've spoken about this before. I was watching this movie and I, I was loving it. I thought this is this movie's destined for the top ten list, and then that particular element came in. and I was like, oh yes, mm. it's, it's the kind of movie equivalent of the gaming thing where you level up. Um, you know, what I mean, I was like, yeah, level up. I've got new XP <laughs> points to spend. Um, it just it, it just does everything right. I, I, I don't know how... You know, once again, this is a, because of where it's come out of the world. and It is getting a bit of buzz, but not enough buzz, I feel. I feel more people... Very much like Tucker and Dale. When Tucker and Dale came out, everyone in the horror community knew about Tucker and Dale. And we'd all been told, this is the next big horror comedy, and it lives up to it. It's a fucking brilliant movie. For some reason, Housebound is still doing the kind of word of mouth thing it's slowly getting there and I think it's probably because it's from New Zealand first and foremost and two it's had a staggered release throughout the world I mean it was in the UK before it was out in the States now that it's out in the States I don't know in terms of I don't I don't think it's on things like Netflix yet I think people have to pay for it this is one that I'm advocating to put your hand in your pocket get some money sit down and watch this movie because um as one of the strongest recommends from me in 2014 Mm, I, don't, I could not agree possibly anymore about this film. Like you were mentioning with the balance, this thing, so many films that you watch, it has the ability, if it's a horror comedy, okay, it's either too much of one or the other. It is every time. So it's either way too funny, so much so that you don't find any of the horror funny. It just seems like an extension of the comedy. Or it's supposed to be a horror comedy and then you feel it and you're like, this is more horror than comedy and it doesn't really feel like it's comedy. But this is just it's perfect it's just how everybody talk talks how everybody interacts with each other it is done with such a way that it is so it's witty you know like a nice dry wit but at the same time it it has the ability to um you know it captivates you in a way you get characters that are such i don't know we'll say the main character she's a fucking asshole yeah she's an absolute asshole but by the end of this film it it with her back and forth and with everything you first okay she's an asshole then she's a bitch and then by the end of it you're like well she's just misunderstood and she's really a good person and she could be better and you know you root for her and I don't know it takes a film and a director with some serious chops to pull something off like this and uh, hearing that this thing isn't doing as well in the States kind of bothers me and I think it seriously has to do with the fact that it is from another country and horror what people need to realize is uh, you want to watch some really good cinema don't go to the theaters around here man look for all these films made in other countries and you'll have yourself a good time yeah, I mean, what's surprising more, you hit the nail on the head as you think um, excellent balance, excellently directed um this guy's obviously, you know, he's he, it must be a, it must have been round the block. This is his first movie. This really? is his first yeah. He's come from television. 
he did. He's done. He done a TV program in in New Zealand, a kind of comedy in New Zealand. This is his first movie, and I'm like that. How do you top that? See his next movie. How does he top Housebound? Right. He set the bar so incredibly high. I don't think he will, but selfish me is very happy that you know. If the the worst case scenario is this, this is the only movie that he ever makes. I think is you know. Is excellent. Then the fact right. that we have Housebound is fucking phenomenal. I don't yeah. want to shortchange the man's career before it's properly started. But this, to me, I would be giving this man money now. Right. You know, if right. I'm in a Absolutely. studio, give him money and tell him to go and do something because th- this is his story. Um, you know, and he's directed it, and it looks fucking brilliant. Mm, yeah, it's absolutely beautifully shot. It has some shots that you watch and you're like, oh, okay, somebody knows what they're doing here. Just mm. spe- specific. Uh, angles and close-ups at the, the right particular moment and everything else you know he builds suspense he builds dread and at the same time you know can make something just look extremely funny and uh yeah man kudos to this guy yeah definitely i i mean what we'll do just now because i really want to go into spoiler uh, territory with this one so we'll grade it first just now um as you may remember uh, the grading system very very simple over here at uh, the podcast under the stairs just netflix grading so we have um one hated it two didn't like it three liked it four really liked it and five loved it sir what would you give housebound i'd absolutely give this a five i love love this movie every time i watch it i've watched it what three times now you know, <laughs> twice on my own and one just for this right now and um i can't get enough of this thing i just sit there with a smile on my face the whole movie this is a five yeah this one is also a five from me as well uh, it should be no surprise like like i said before very 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 high on my list of movies from 2014 um i mean the, the thing about this movie, very much like we're going to go on and talk about in The People Under the Stairs, which is a movie I've seen so many times, it's, it's almost at the stage now that's impossible to count. Housebound, to me, in 10 years' time, 15 years' time, is the same thing. It's going to be in exactly the same position. I will have watched this movie God knows how many times and have the same feelings about it. I think it is one of these ones which... Um, when people eventually get around to see it, I can I, I know what will happen, Ryan. We've been around this before. A couple of years from now, people are going to be saying, "Has anyone checked out that movie Housebound?" I mean, it came out a couple of years ago, and it's, it's fucking amazing. And it's just going to I think at, at some point it's just going to be universally recognised. And until then, myself and yourself, we'll just have to keep banging the drum for it. That's what's going to be. And in the meantime, you know, I have no problem having a nice little diamond in the rough here that nobody knows about. But, you know, anytime I make a recommendation for a movie, somebody, especially for somebody that's looking for horror and isn't into like the full fledged gore or the full fledged just straight terror, well, how about a little uh, in between? And this definitely hits that spot. Yeah, totally agree. Right. We're going to take a very, very, very short break. You're going to hear a couple of bleeps. When we return, we are going to be spoiling this movie right after this. Right, so we're doing spoilers now. Um, you should have checked time coding on the, the podcast uh, and hopefully you're not listening to this bit. If you are listening to this bit, there is still time to jump ahead to the next movie review so we don't spoil it. I really don't want to spoil this movie. So this is your warning. Do not come crying to me now if I give you something which further down the line spoils this movie for you. You've been warned. So, um, yeah, so um, Ryan, tell us a little bit more about the goings-on in, in Housebound. Give us a bit more detail on the, the, some flesh on the bones. I mean, first off, when this movie starts, you know exactly 
where this is going. Okay, it starts with a nice little ATM robbery. All right. And as you're watching this thing, you're like, okay, so what's this film going to be? Because I knew nothing about this film while I was watching it the first time. And you just see them trying to break this. They're having a hard time. And you know the second, the very second, her boyfriend, we'll call him, hits the shit out of this ATM and knocks himself unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> what this film is. You know what I mean? At that point, there is no deny. Okay, I know this is going to be some kind of comedy slash horror film. And it just caps that off with her trying to escape and going over a curb and getting stuck. (laughs) (laughs) This girl, okay, you could tell she doesn't want to stay in line, but at the same time, she's a fuck up, man. There is nothing this girl can do to better her situation. And it just... From jump, from that situation on, you are meant to think this girl is an absolute asshole. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care about her family. She doesn't care about anything. She only cares about herself. Inconveniences everybody she's around, and that's just her thing, man. And how can you like this character? You know, it's physically impossible unless you are a bitch yourself to like this character. Mm -hmm. But where this thing goes... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, first thing, okay, this is a haunted film. At least that's what you think, okay, because mm-hmm. the mother thinks it. And so she starts to think it with little goings on, like hands reaching out and grabbing her ankle that look all nasty, the long fingernails. And you think, okay, this is a haunted place. <laughs> And before you know it, you have characters that are the parole security guy that's supposed to show up every time the alarm shows up. He's a, you know, amateur ghost investigator (laughs) out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. When it had that moment where she, where the alarm goes off on her bracelet because a hand has grabbed this thing and she's saying, it's a ghost, there's somebody there. And he whips out that tape recorder, (laughs) holds it up in the air and says, is there anybody here you want to talk to? (laughs) <laughs> and the look on this girl's face as she's looking at this is god damn it what the fuck is this bullshit <laughs> and as you're watching it you're doing it too you're like what the fuck is this bullshit and what's yeah. the odds of this happening yeah and it goes from just one extreme to the next it's the neighbor <laughs> you know he must have killed somebody in this house and that's that's what did this no it's not the neighbor it's it's the son of the neighbor yeah. no it's not the son of the fucking neighbor who is it it's a fucking yeah it just keeps changing and this film every step you kind of buy it you bite dude you're like okay it is they found the dentures the dentures the neighbor has dentures it has to be the neighbor so you're and then it goes on the fucking tangent where now it's going it's got to go into his house so it's doing nancy drew fucking (laughs) type shit where he's in his house looking for these dentures to grab him to prove that he is the killer and it just goes on and on and on dude jump in here i'm just gonna fucking fly all over this thing Well, I think, I think the thing is, and you just like completely hit the nail on the head, what this movie does is it plays on so many of the well-played stereotypes that you get from these movies. I, I mean, it would be, at first, when, when something grabs your leg in the house, you know, that must be a demon, because look at the way its hands are. It must oh, be some sort be. of... has to be a ghost. And then when you meet the creepy neighbour, well, it must be the creepy neighbour, because in other movies we've seen, it's the creepy neighbour. It's, right. it's obviously him. Um... And then, I mean, the fact that they, 
they very very cleverly in this movie kind of just start throwing off things i mean the fact that the house used to be a halfway house mm. for for troubled teenagers um then it must be it must be a spirit it must be a Gotta spirit be. Gotta has, be. has to be i mean there's no other way and we're kind of walking down this way. I love the fact you mentioned it as well. The parole officer just so happens to be an amateur, <laughs> uh, you know, an amateur paranormal detective. Um, and it's, you know, it's, there's just so many of these things building up these layers of misdirection that when we get the, the huge twist, which, and this is probably the biggest spoiler, which is basically there's someone living between the walls. This is where the connection to the next film comes in. Mm, there's, there's that. Not only is there someone living between the walls, but it kind of looks a wee bit like Marv and Marv Home Alone from Two. Home Alone Two. Just after the electric shock, um, it, that's what it kind of looks like. His face is all, his face is all pale and gone, and his hair's all fucking all over the place. He's got a really kind of raggedy looking beard. Uh, he's obviously never cut his toenails or his fingernails and he's <laughs> he's just a creepy looking guy and of course we're then like oh well he's the villain he's the villain you creepy creepy weird man and then we throw again there's this this final delightful twist that no that's not what the problem is the, the problem is that the guy the parole the main parole guy all on the psychologist parole dude um he's the he's the actual guy this kid's been living in fear in the walls from this guy um it's just genius. It's it's just really really clever storytelling. That I mean, if one if like you were saying, if you're not really into horror movies and you want to see something which isn't going to make you shit the bed or, or or gross you out too much, it's a great recommendation. But very much like a movie like Tucker and Dale, which is full of references to other horror movies. It plays on a lot of the cliches we know from watching years and years of horror movies, growing up watching movies through the 80s. Um, This movie does exactly the same. This movie plays on all the same things. If you've watched haunted house movies from the 70s and 80s, um, this plays into all those stereotypes. So there's a lot of winking and nudging Mm. at you, Mr. Horror Fan. Look at all this stuff we put just in this movie that you'll get that someone else won't get, but not to the detriment of the movie. The movie flows fine without those things. You you could watch it, be completely oblivious to these in-jokes, and still laugh and still find the movie movie hugely entertaining. It is such a clever movie. I I mean, it's, it's so, so clever. The acting, the woman that plays the mother... Is fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, brilliant, brilliant, oh, genius casting. Like so, so, so funny. Um, our timing, and she does all the things that we consider kind of mum tropes. You mm. know, what I mean, all these kind of mum tropes. She doesn't really know what things are called, so she puts that in front of them. Right. So, you know, it's not internet. It's the internet. It's not Facebook. It's the Facebook. Yeah, um, the, one of the new <laughs> iPhones, don't yeah. you? No, it's not an iPhone. Look, she's got an, one of them iPhones. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not an iPhone. It's just the Sims that like offloads and offloads. I, I just think that's. I think all those things are really, really, really clever. Um, like you say, it takes a special kind of movie to introduce such a fucking obnoxious character at the beginning, but at the end of it, make them completely endearing to the point that you'd like. I don't want anything to happen to this woman. You know, what I mean, I really don't. She's like, yeah, she was horrible at the beginning, but she's 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 delightful now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they play that really well with her, like sitting in the armchair, eating the the, the dinner that her mum's prepared for later on, eating the whole thing herself, and just guzzling back beers because you know. 
fucker. Um, not letting her mum watch the programmes that she wants. Even um, though her mom's like practically got tears in her eyes begging yeah. to watch this show, which is her favourite show, and she just turns up the volume like, fuck you, I don't care. Yeah. Which is very funny to, to people in this country because the show that she is wants to watch is a British show. It's a British mm. soap opera, which I hate. But <laughs> the fact that there's references in that that I get, that, that make me smile, that make me laugh, I think my mum still watches those programmes. And I know that she's like, if she doesn't see them, they're on record on her TV box and she's watching them when she gets home because uh, she didn't miss an episode of that. So yeah, I, they just do it really, really well. Um, when our, our kind of weird, creepy guy between the walls actually starts to talk. Mm. Um, that's delightfully funny as well. He's such a weird, strange character as well. Um, but he's got these moments, okay? Like like you said, he's weird, he's quiet and everything else, and he just has these looks on his face where you think, okay, this guy is like a deer in headlights. You, you know, mm. you feel for this guy, even though he's absolutely a fucking freak. But... He's got these moments where he just, oh, suddenly he's an artist and he controls some stuff. And then he's like, oh, I drew some other stuff too, all like childlike and quiet and stuff. Yeah. And then he posts, this is you in the baths. <laughs> and then she sees it and it's like, did you make any more of this? And he just looks and he goes from childlike to just looking at her, very adult. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just makes me roll when I'm watching it. Oh yeah, oh it's just really, really. It's. I mean, I, I, I would say words like clever. It is really, really clever because not only does it get the balance right, it's as hugely entertaining. It, it, to me, it feels like why has someone not done a movie like this before? Right. It seems so. It seems so obvious when I mean, you're watching it. It seems so obvious that. I think that's one of the, one of the reasons that it works so well is because it is such. When you're watching it, you kind of know. I mean, there are some twists, like I say, like the twist, someone's in the wall, tw- you know, twist, it's this guy all along. It's things that, you know, are are kind of weird and quirky, but at the same time, in the context of this movie, why not? You know what I mean? Right. Why not? Right. And that's the thing that all these things that we mentioned, maybe except for people inside the wall, you know, mm. which that's not a normal thing, but mm. all the different directions that this film goes, as they are coming, you're saying to yourself, on first watch, you're watching this thing and say, well, I've seen a billion films that are about this. Mm-hmm. I've seen a billion films about, you know, a ghost in the house of somebody that was killed. I've seen that. Seen it. And then it goes, okay, well, okay, a neighbor killed somebody. Okay, I've seen a million films that has done that. And then it moves on to, there's somebody living in the wall. He did it. And you're like, well people under the stairs but other than that i haven't seen anything like that and then oh no it's a psychiatrist that you've been seeing the whole day that killed this girl Mm. killed the girl in the house because she uh attacked him and kicked his ass while he was working at this halfway house before it was a halfway house and got fired because he couldn't handle this girl so he got fired so that's why he killed her because he went back lost his job and was all pissed off and ended up stabbing this girl many times and biting her to death but that's the last person while watching this film that i could possibly ever think was the killer there's no way in hell he's just been too nice and too kind and hasn't shown up every three seconds he's showing up when there's an event happening whenever she tries to leave or whenever it's just time for her to have her everyday conversations with us with a therapist that's when he shows up the fact that it's him at the end what the fuck how is this dude the killer but it is and it makes perfect sense 
let's talk about the last few moments of this film. <laughs> yeah. When it turns into God damn it, Home Alone in a way. It turns yeah. into madness. <laughs> This film is the only time I've ever seen somebody's face get grinded up by a fucking cheese grater. <laughs> the fact that she puts this thing on her wrist like a gauntlet yeah, and uses it to shave off part of his face on the side is brilliant to me. I cheered while she was doing this. Yeah, as, as so as so once again, it's like I, I mean, you watch other movies, you wouldn't see that if they're in a kitchen, they're in a house, they're they are using weapons around. See, when I saw that, I was like, that. See if my house ever gets broken into. That's the first thing I'm That's fucking going for. The first thing I'm doing, cheese grater. I got one that looks just like that. It's happening. And uh, what? While he's attacking her, the mother comes up behind him and puts a clothes hamper on his head. Now. What would you do? Clothes hamper in your head. You'd pull it off, wouldn't you? You'd be like, okay, I'm pulling this thing off and coming at people. Not this guy. <laughs> he cuts through it with the knife in his hand so he could slip his arm through. And he's swinging at him with a hamper over his whole body only to be knocked down the stairs and roll down the stairs in a fucking hamper. I watched this thing with my wife. And as we're watching it, she goes, why the fuck is he not pulling this hamper off? And I said, because if he pulled it off, it wouldn't be this fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's the, the answer to it, really. Yeah, the guy, the thing is as well, the guy really is like the, the most incompetent guy ever. Oh, I think. And I think it's like it's on some on some part, yeah, it's because it, it is very very funny to see. But at some point, that's exactly the character that would do that. That sort of person in real life, when confronted with that situation, that's exactly the sort of person that would just think, oh, "I can just put my hands through it, continue using it." Just so fucking funny, like that that whole end fight sequence is just absolutely brilliant. Um, the movie takes a lot of twists and a lot of turns, and every single one of them works. Like every, there's no, there's not one part of this movie which I'm like, well, because there are other horror comedies I've seen that I'm like, I really like everything. See if they're just taking this bit out, or if they just went this far. This movie is perfectly set out with everything it does. It, it, the levels of lunacy it goes to feel completely right. They, mm. they don't feel like now we're taking a big stretch now to get to this bit. And when you're watching a movie where there's a character hidden in the fucking walls and you're saying there's no part of this movie which isn't too much of a stretch, that's how you know it's it's executed well and it's well written. It's well acted. I fucking love the movie, man. I really, really, really love the movie. Is, I mean, is there anything else in this movie at all that you want to mention before we, we take a short break and, and return with another masterclass and mm, awesome... I will say one thing. Mm -hmm. there, in this film, there is... The best head explosion that I have seen since mm, Scanners, we'll say. Yes, it's Scanners, yes, it's Scanners. This, uh, okay, I'm not going to tell you the moment. I'm not going to tell you how it happened because this moment, you know, this is cheer-worthy. But uh, wait for it, and it's wonderful, and uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Right, we're going to take a very, very short break. I think if this if this review has not piqued your interest, if you haven't checked out Housebound yet, go and check out a movie that probably should have made your end of year list. Um, and uh, come back to us. Let us know on the Facebook page. Um, to join our Facebook page, all you need to do is go to Facebook, type in the top search bar, podcast under the stairs, 
come across to the close group and interact with us. We'd love that. Uh, we're going to take a very, very short break. You're going to hear the trailer for a second movie review. It's 1991's The People Under the Stairs. Yeah! Oh my god, I cannot fucking wait. We are going to be right back after this. <laughs> 72 movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list of video nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you can join me and my co-host Andy Blockley as we chat about the 72 films, reviewing them all from the video nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about it Andy. Okay, in 1982, 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out. And welcome back. So we've interrupted the show. For this brand new segment, I'm very excited to do this. This segment is now called Bazzy's Basement, uh, where the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz, um, is our resident agony aunt. He is going to take your questions as and when you send them. Um, any advice you want, anything personal, it doesn't even need to be horror based. It helps, obviously, to thematically fit within the show, but um, <laughs> really, if you're wanting to. Um, but yeah, it can be anything you want, and we are going to get Bazzy's initial impressions and answers to your questions or advice. Um, so, with that in mind, I want to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Hello! How's it going, sir? Very well, sir. Very well. I'm right. itching to unleash my, my knowledge and wisdom <laughs> upon the unsuspecting masses. I just want to put a disclaimer out that um, the podcast Under the Stairs um, is removing itself from anything that Baz says in way of advice. So, if Baz tells you to do something and it horribly backfires or you get arrested I'm not liable for that, you are um, right, so Baz, um, we had an email that came in, yep. uh, you, our listeners can send emails in to podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com and just in the title uh, put something like um, Baz's Basement basically and I'll, I will fish them out of the, the, the mail and fire them over so Baz, um, we had an email from um, longtime listener CJ um, and uh, if you'd like to read out the the email to our listeners, and then if you want to give uh, a, a bit of advice, I certainly shall. Um, the email says, "Hi, Baz. Uh, I hope you can help me with a problem. I think my husband is cheating on me." Oh God! Oh, that's not good. For months now, he's been talking to someone in our bedroom, and when I question him about it, he claims he's discussing horror films. Mm -hmm. But recently he started buying gifts for someone and it's not me. I found a Blu-ray the other day and when I questioned him about it he claims it was for the same person he's been talking to. I can't remember the last time he bought me a gift. I mean come on, who takes this long to watch horror films? Surely there isn't that many of them out there. I think my husband is lying to me and the horror films he's been discussing with the person is an elaborate cover up. What should I do Baz? Should I confront him about it? I just can't take any more. God, that's quite a one, isn't it? It is quite a one, I'll tell you. Oh, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> my initial advice, or my, my initial gut feeling in this, I don't think he is cheating on you. Oh. Yep. I think he's up there watching porn. <laughs> 
sordid CD porn. You know, like with old ladies or something like that. He sounds like the kind of pervert that would do something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like donkey porn or something like that. Sounds like a CD, CD man. Anyway, and, and, and I suspect all of this kind of stuff is just a cover-up for it. I think he's up there talking to himself, but he's really watching this hardcore Japanese scat porn or whatever it is that he's into. Um, what should you do? I don't don't know. say shit on him. Please don't say no. shit on him. Um, possibly withdraw any funding you provide for the man. Hmm. If, for example, you are chipping in to buy luxury electronic equipment for the house, mm-hmm. take back your half. Oh, right. You know what I mean? If, if, for example, you help buy something and you've only used it maybe twice in the past year, take it away with you. Lock it in one of the other rooms. Say, listen, you've had it for a year now. I'm going to take this back. <laughs> you know, see how he feels about that. Turn the tables on him. I, I can't get this. I can't shake the feeling that you, <laughs> this story seems vaguely familiar. No, I'm talking for the heart, don't. I'm reaching out to this poor woman who's clearly very unhappy with her lot in life. She's obviously made bad decisions early on in this relationship, <laughs> which uh, have led to the frankly appalling conditions she's now living under. Uh, I think she's a very sad woman who I think could probably do a lot, lot better for herself. Um, and, and I can only implore her leave this waste of space behind and move on with your life love you're, you're too good for this guy by the sounds of it he sounds like a fucking deviant um, and I think you're wasting your life with him that would be my advice move on turn your back on him <laughs> well there, there you go uh, CJ um, if that is your real name um, <laughs> uh, the advice straight from Bazzy's basement. So, shooting from uh, the hip, my friend. Shooting from sh- the hip. Shooting from the hip. So, um, yeah, if you want Baz to address some of your issues and/or questions, all you have to do is write an email to podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com and put in the header Bazzy's basement. And um, as soon as we get more in, we'll bring the Baz back. Thank you very much, Baz. Always a pleasure. Never a chore, Duncan. Yes, and um, I I'm going gonna... to happy catchphrase for this segment I'll work on it for my next segment my next letter I'm fairly sure you'll be able to do that Baz I've got faith in you (laughs) Um, I'm going to be right back with another movie review right after this You're listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs It's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's some 40s and some bitches, baby. Yeah. Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy fartsy films. Does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival. Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how, as raunchy as we can. What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast sure is fucking... Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. <laughs> you don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. <laughs> fucking... 
curb stomp a baby for a baconator right now. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro. Unforgivable. If you could stand all that, come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. All the cool kids are doing it. Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. In every neighborhood, there is one house that adults whisper about and children cross the street to avoid. Now, Wes Craven, creator of A Nightmare on Elm Street, takes you inside. Something's in there. We gotta get out of here, Leroy. All sorts of rumors about what goes on in that house. The police never took it serious. She's been feeding that thing between the walls again. Very, very tense about this. There must be another way out. Can't get out. No one ever has. What goes on in this house is a sin. Your father's one sick mother, you know that? Actually, your mother's one sick mother, too. But what goes on under the stairs (laughs) is a nightmare. It is time to clean house! Craven's The People Under the Stairs. And welcome back. So you have just heard the trailer for The People Under the Stairs. Now, this movie has been destined to be reviewed on this podcast Mm. since the podcast started. Because for those that haven't put it together yet, um, The Podcast Under the Stairs is named after The People Under the Stairs. Um, This is a movie which I grew up watching. Uh, It came out in my... My years of going to the video shop with my, my, my dad back then, who mm. used to allow me to, to hire horror movies out when I spent the weekends at his. And this was one that was hired one weekend, watched about three or four times in that weekend, and then possibly hired out every single weekend that I was at his for like about a year. Mm. It was one that was, you know, because by then it was getting cheaper to rent out. So there'd always be two new movies and well, we need to get the people under the stairs for Duncan. Um, so I'd seen this movie loads um, and it just connects with me and it always whenever I watch a movie it always makes me think of my childhood so it came out in 1991 it is directed by the master of horror Wes Craven uh, the movie stars uh, Brandon Quinton Adams Everett McGill Wendy Robbie AJ Langer Ving Rhames Sean Whelan Bill Cobbs Kelly Joe Minter uh, and Jeremy Roberts so there are plenty more people in there but we're going to skip ahead and say the synopsis is very short and concise, two adults and a juvenile burglar break into a house occupied by a brother and sister and their stolen children and can't escape. So that pretty much is the worst spoilerific synopsis ever because one, it gives away that the brother and sister, two, mm. it gives away that the children are stolen <clears throat> and three, well, I'm just saying it's the most spoiler thing ever. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. fully agree. Right, so, um, right, where to start with this movie? I'll kick us off if that's okay, Ryan. Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. (laughs) Right, so Wes Craven uh, is, to me, a director who can be vastly inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Um, He has released 
arguably some of the greatest horror movies ever made. Um, he has defined decades by the movies that he's released in them. Um, he defines the 70s by Last House on the Left. He defines the 80s by Nightmare on Elm Street. He defines the 90s by Scream. Um, so, you know, he, he, he owns those three decades, like, really, in terms of standalone films which just... you're not expecting them at all and it's very easy to look at some of the lesser known um, or lesser recognised or applauded Wes Craven movies and kind of be very blasé about them you know Serpent in the Rainbow Mm. um, even even down to things like uh, fuck like uh, Deadly Blessing you know these sort of things to, to overlook these movies because these aren't the big Craven ones but for some reason people will recognise those movies Right. Above the people under the stairs. And that has always blown my mind. Sacrilege to me, sir. It really is. This movie, to me, is is up there. Is up there with the best that Craven has ever done. Because this, this one, we've said it before on your show. And if you want to hear me and Ryan go off about this movie again, uh, then go and check out that Graveshift show. Oh, it, man. To hear Duncan and myself... <laughs> <laughs> destroy one of my co-hosts yeah you, you gotta you, go back and listen to it you 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 went raw i believe you said that you would tear your podcast apart um rather than than have him say another bad word those words say. happened yes <laughs> yeah, those words happened. but yeah so what you what we get in this like, fundamentally like i say that's a fairly spoilerific review it doesn't really do justice to the movie basically what you have is you have what appears to be a husband and wife couple who live in a very nice house they have the, the the daughter that is very is dressed up like the the doting daughter, um, and they own quite a lot of property in the area, and they are basically kind of stacking the deck, so people will have to, and it happens to be poor black families, um, will have to basically default on the rent, be kicked out the building, so they can get rid of the building, build more expensive properties, and, and thus convert the neighbourhood into a better neighbourhood. Which, you know, in itself, well, it happens all the fucking time. It's still happening right, right. now. But yeah, it's, it's something. It's something that we are aware of. Um, and on some level, you know, what what this film is very clever at doing is saying that these what on the surface would appear to be a very well-to-do family. They're actually evil ones. It's not the 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 people that live in the, the, the ghettos or the you know the hoods or things like that and these are words that a Scotsman saying yeah I just said hood um, <laughs> but uh, you know you know what I mean and th- this is you know generally in any other movie it would be the it would be the the, the hooligans that you know the 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 people that live in these you know the, these ghettos that would be the troublemakers what I love about this movie is it instantly shatters that straight away and we're given our, our lovely little character fool um, who is basically the character we're going to follow throughout this movie. Um, he is he is the audience to an extent. He has a, a, a grandmother who is dying of cancer. He has um, his family pretty much... There's no way they're going to be able to pay um, because they have already defaulted on their last payment. And now, if they don't pay, I think it's triple the rent. Yeah, um, yeah, you paid, you're late, you pay triple or get out. One you, week, you have one week to pay triple or get out. Which, you know, if you've already missed your rent payment, I submit to you that in a week you're not going to be able to grab three months worth of rent. Right, it's just right. not going to happen. Um, and they break into the property because uh, the the foolish advice of Ving Rhames, who plays Leroy, um, <laughs> and Leroy is a complete dick. He's a, he's a pimp 
I believe he's a pimp. He is a pimp, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think what's really weird about it is he's pimping out one of Phil's siblings. Um, You know, one of his family's getting pimped out, which is a wee bit weird. Right, right. Um, And he has this great idea that they're going to break into um, the the house, the the well-to-do house. Uh, Unfortunately, the the, the movie being, in some respects, I quite like it, the fact that Everett McGill and Wendy Robb's name in this movie are just man and woman. They don't have a first name, second name, or a surname. I quite like that, um, but they're going to break into this house. Um, And when they break into the house, they find that things are not what they... Thought on a couple of levels, very much like Housebound, uh, you think you know where this movie is going, and this movie throws some crazy shit. How about kidnap children that have been mutilated and then hidden uh, in the basement um, and fed and fed people? <laughs> right. So there's cannibals. There's cannibalism in this movie. There is that kind of what goes bump in the night in this movie. There is. Oh my god, Everett McGill runs around in this movie wearing a goddamn gimp suit and wielding a shotgun. (laughs) It's fucking genius. It's like, I I mean, it's like Craven was just sitting there just pulling ideas at the sky and every single one of them was a home run. He's just like that, gimp wielding shotgun. Yep, that's cool. Comical dog. Uh, We'll have that one in there. Um, Psychotic mother. Um... You know, it, it just it, it, this movie is first and foremost is probably one of the most entertaining movies I've ever seen. I, we've joked about this before and been very serious about it before. This is a movie I can shove on absolutely any time, and one I will enjoy watching it. Two, I won't feel bored at any point, even though I've seen it about a million times. And three, I will instantly when the movie finishes think I could probably watch. I could that probably again. watch that again. Right, yeah, every exactly. fucking time. I have owned this film on video. I've owned it on DVD. I've owned two copies of this on DVD. I have one in the bedroom. I have one downstairs because I couldn't find my copy. And I have this on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this film. This this is the type of movie I could watch over and over. And I have said it, and I said it on, on Graveshift, and I got a lot of shit from it. That I think, out of any horror movie I've ever watched, I probably have watched this film more. <laughs> yeah. Literally. The, I've watched same. this film so many times, and it's always enjoyable. There's nothing about it that I dislike. I've heard people saying that Fool is an irritating character. I don't think so. I think he fits perfectly with the time. I think this kid mm-hmm. is... You know, just the joy to watch. He's got, you know, to use that term, he's got spunk. And, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, he's smart. You know, he is, you get the feeling that of all the people that he is dealing with, from Leroy to Spencer, that this dude is smarter than both of them. Mm-hmm. He knows this isn't right. He shouldn't be breaking in this place. He knows it's a bad idea, but they're just going to do their thing. And it leads to the craziest family and, you know, we'll say dysfunctional, you know, I kidnap kids to get the perfect child and cut parts of them that I don't like. And if they piss mm-hmm. me off, I lock them in the basement and feed them dead bodies of delivery people um, that you'll ever come across. And um, shit, I can say, other than the recent events in Housebound... But I can say there is no other film, zero other film in the world like this film. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. this is a gem of a film that nothing can really touch. Once again, this is this is a horror comedy, just like we mentioned. But it's 
it's so goddamn enjoyable. It's dark as well. <laughs> it's, it's dark. So mean spirited in places. Like it's got full on like when you when you see a sequence where, you know, our characters unwittingly you know, open open a door to a room where someone is being carved while hanging upside down and pieces of their flesh are just being thrown mm-hmm. you know, thrown away. You you juxtapose that with a dog falling down a shit. And <laughs> you know also I mean? add into play a daughter being chained up to a wall and the father yeah. wearing a Ugh. gimp suit mm-hmm. and holding a shotgun coming into the room, breathing heavily and grabbing at his cock piece yeah. before he's yeah. pulled away by the sister slash wife to go downstairs and tuck her in. It just yeah. has these moments, even though it doesn't state exactly what that moment is. You know, Craven doesn't have to. Doesn't yeah. have to. Craven knew exactly what he was doing. He 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 did enough to show so to impress a feeling that you would get at that very moment. Even if you didn't get it right away, you knew that this girl was in some serious shit. Yeah. And uh, shit, there's just so many moments in this film that are like that, and so many moments that just make you go, "Oh shit!" There's so many moments that make you laugh hysterically. There's so many moments that get you excited and. Dare I say it, the editing in this film, I think, is brilliant. Yeah, agreed. It is just cut so quick when action stuff is happening, when the events of this film are happening, where you are literally in the midst of this madness. It's just boom, boom, cut, 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 and it's perfect, and it flows so well with perfect music stings and everything else. This, I, you know, I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I believe you do as well. Yes. Um, I love many things that Craven has done. <laughs> this is the one, dude, and <laughs> this is the one that it that just never gets old. Yeah. There could be times when I'll be like, oh, I don't feel like watching a Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like watching Vampire in the Hood. I don't feel like watching Scream. People under the stairs, man, all I have to do is dust off my DVD rack and it's there. And suddenly I'm watching it. This, mm-hmm. this is that film, man. It is. And I mean, I think I think the thing is as well, I think the reason that it has such a lasting power is because there is so much going on in the movie. But once again, it doesn't feel cluttered. Um, I think the fact that, and once you've just kind of, you, t- you touch on certain aspects as well about, the way that the editing is really it, it's so much to the credit of the movie that you do get those fast paced quick edits which are now so commonplace in pretty much every horror movie that's mm-hmm. released by a studio was quick cuts and quick edits this is released at a time where that technique really was still still being crafted it's still not still not known so I mean the movie's ahead of its time there the fact it ticks so many of the the individual elements of things that we we recognise from other horror films. I, I've said before, I was on your show actually, um, but I've said just in general conversation that the people under the stairs to me feels like an eighties movie, which is released in the you know early nineties, but would be totally. I think if this movie had come out maybe six years before, I don't think people would have had the same issue with it. I think what happened is horror had to an extent run its course, and people had went through a lot of crazy goofy sequels to movies and as such the, the the emphasis was more on goofy comedy than it was necessarily horror mm-hmm. we're still getting decent horror movies in that time but when we trip over to the 90s I mean horror pretty much falls off a cliff not that the films aren't getting released I, I've just done a, a series with the Midnight Horror Show where we, we counted down the top 20 
greatest horror movies in um, the 1990s as a decade. And, you know, we we all had to cut down. I had a list of 50 movies from that decade, which I think are, you know, excellent movies. Right. Um, and the, the People Under the Stairs is in my top 10 of that decade because, and it's it's right up there, because I just don't think there's there's anything in this movie which isn't enjoyable. I, I, and I heard the same criticisms from, from your colleagues over on that podcast, but, you know, yeah, that Phil is a bit of an irritating character. I'm like, is he any more irritating than Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone? Right. I don't think he is. Right. I don't I don't think he is. I'm I think, certainly not. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's how kids were portrayed then, and yeah, there, there is there is a a, a bit of kind of well, what was it, John class? This is um, Wes's uh, racist, racist Home Alone. That's what yeah, he racist, called it. Yeah, and I don't think it is a racist movie. I don't think yeah, to an extent, there are some black stereotypes in this movie. Yeah, of course, Ving Rhames is going to be a pimp. Yeah, of course, they're going to be thieves. Um, of course, one of them is going to be a prostitute, um, but I don't necessarily think that's a, a, a scathing attack on on black people. I think that's basically Craven saying, "Look, this this family doesn't have a lot of money. You know, families that don't have a lot of money, some of them have to go and turn tricks. You know, some of them have to steal to, to you know to put food on their table." He's not at any point saying. I, I mean, if the if the the main character Phil is going to be of African American descent. The rest of the family can't be white. It's not different strokes, you know what I mean? Right. They all have to be the same colour. Um, the, the the guy that's along with Leroy isn't a black man and he's robbing a house. Right. So he's not saying that all black people are robbers either. Um, it's, it's, it's Craven just kind of doing... I mean, it's Craven basically doing what he does best. There's social commentary in here. But he handles it in a way which is not preachy or patronising. Um, he knows that you know that people live in ghettos and live in apartment complexes where there's you know no money. And he knows that you know that. He doesn't ram it down your throat. He just basically says, "This is the back." That's why you spend so little time in that household, and you spend the majority of the time in the creepy house with people in the in the fucking walls. Right. You know what I mean? Because he, he's not preaching that. No, he's not. The only thing he's saying in this film, okay, other than having a, what I like to call it as an urban fairy tale. Mm-hmm. But what he is doing in this film, he's saying, hi, all you scared white people. Yeah. Okay. These, this is the neighborhood with all those people that you are afraid of. All the people that you would cross the street, walking up the street from and all this. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with these people. They're good people. They have their lives. And who is the big bad? Who is the big bad? It happens to be two white people. And <laughs> not only that, they are probably the worst white people you'd ever meet in your life. And oh, that is the evil of this film. It's not racist in any way. It's, it's, this is saying that uh, maybe if you're a little racist, why don't you pay attention to here? Because, uh, you know, a lot of the people you think are bad could possibly be the hero. Yeah, and I think the the only thing, and I've said it before, the only thing to me that is the the slight regret about this movie is that they kill off Roach, mm. who is our main our main kind of person under the stairs. Is that he's basically the, the housebound have their guy, which is basically the, the director must have seen the people under the stairs. Had to refused refused to believe that he didn't. Um, 
But Roach is a character that we, we get to meet and at first he's very, very creepy. Um, the longer we spend time with him, the more he becomes like a completely endearing character. And then they kill him off quite horribly. Right. Um, and we're not even halfway through the movie when that happens. And I would love to have seen... It, it doesn't need to, to make it to the end of the movie. That that's not, I would like to have seen another 10, 15 minutes of that character. Because um, I was really enjoying I was really enjoying that character. And that is my only... That has always been and will only ever be my only gripe with people Right, right. I, I share the same thing. I love Roach. If I knew Roach, I'd bring him to my house, let him take a shower, and, uh, you know, I'd keep <laughs> him as a pet. Okay, this guy, you know, he is a character that you absolutely root for. You feel bad. He can't talk. He lost his tongue. And uh, by the end of it, he gets shot down and then set on fire by Mister. Okay, you feel bad for him, and yeah, like you, I would like to have more, and I could take you know fifteen more scenes with this character in it. But at the same time, eh, maybe I'm asking too much of a good thing, and just accept yeah. the fact of you know the length of time that he is in this film as the length of time he's supposed to be in there, and it was enough for this actor and this character become someone that I think of back as probably one of the most uh, endearing characters in a horror film. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed, sir. I believe uh, it would be not difficult at all for us to spend the next hour just swapping stories about scenes in this movie with ease. Ease. Um, ease, son. Ease. I could think of 15 yeah. right off the top of my head, but I'm going to hold back. Yeah. Uh, what I don't want to do is, is obviously mention everything in the movie again. If you've not seen this movie ever, then... I would first of all, we're a bit to grade it, and I, I, I think you can maybe guess what the grade's going to be. Mm. Um, but um, the first thing I would say is if you've never seen The People Under the Stairs, go and watch it. Take into account before you watch it, the movie came out in 1991. It is dated. Uh, we grew up with it, we have fond memories of it, and as such, I think, you know, we, don't, we will overlook how dated some things look. However, it is out on Blu-ray, and I can attest, and I'm sure Ryan can agree with me, the film looks fucking gorgeous in Blu-ray. Fantastic transfer. Exactly. So, one, there's that. The second thing I'm going to say is that uh, if you have seen The People Under the Stairs, then you should revisit it. I, I, I genuinely think this is a movie that deserves to be revisited as many times as possible. You may not have liked it the first time. Give it a watch again. I don't know if some of the things me and Ryan have said will change your opinion mm. but possibly um so yeah so there's that uh, and the, the the last thing i would say is that if you love this movie um then come across to the facebook page and let's get a little let's get a little discussion thread like like Championing this movie, telling right. us why you think this is one of the best films that we've ever made. We need to build up this people under the stairs army, man. It needs to happen, and uh, yeah, I I need more. <laughs> I need more fans of this film to line up with me and shout from the heavens to people under the stairs is a '90s classic. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. It's right up there. It's right up there. Ryan. Let's let's review this. Netflix ratings. What does the people under the stairs get? Oh, five stars, sir. Yeah, I think so. I think there's no way if I, if we could invent a six star, I would get that. I would give um, it to it, honestly. Yeah. There is no yeah. other film of that time that gives me as much joy of than this film. Yeah, definitely not. It is it is one for the ages, people. Go and check it out. 
leave us some feedback on it. Tell us, tell us why we're right and tell us why we're wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that we that have been listening to this and have just spit their ramen noodles across a wall saying five. <laughs> um, <laughs> you gave it five. Last time I listened to this show, um, I don't care. Uh, you you need to check the movie out again. It is a lot of crazy fun, and I will never defend that it is the the most nourishing, uh, thought-provoking movie ever made, it's not meant to be. And if you're going in with that sort of opinion for it, you're not going to get it. So, Ryan, mm. sir, um, if you could remind my listeners who are about to hear me close out the show and uh, and then we'll be lost, they will have no show for another week, where they can check out your shows. Uh, right on, right again. You can find Grave Shift Radio, also 12 Ounces of Terror, both on legionpodcast.com. Also, you can find them both on iTunes. And uh, I hope you do. It's a good time. Yeah, make sure you come across and check out the most latest run of uh, Grave Shift covering the Exorcist retrospective. Yes, yes. Um, I still um, have to edit yeah. three. We've recorded three, which has been... Cursed. Cursed three times trying to record this thing. It got fucked up and we had to do it over and over again. And uh, But that's okay. I think the last one that I'm going to be throwing together is the best of the bunch. And uh, yeah, that'll be coming out soon. So look out for it. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ryan. I cannot wait to chat to you again, my friend. You're always welcome under the stairs. Right on, brother. I know you're Skype, dude. I'm just going to jump in. There's no <laughs> way about it. There's going to be 15 <laughs> shows with Ryan Lewis in it. And people are going to like, why the fuck is this guy coming on this Did show all the time? Be the best 15 shows I've ever done. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to cut out just now. Uh, thank you very much to Ryan. When I come back, I'm going to be closing out the show right after this. Almost midnight. Enough time for one more story. Warning, the Midnight Horror Show is not safe for work and is definitely not for the faint of heart. The following is a small sample of what you'll hear live every Wednesday night at 7 at allradiox.com. I heard from you shitheads for fucking years. Now, Webula, we do this thing that's called a live radio show on the internet. And so there's people that interact with us. Yeah, they're listening and responding to us right now in real time. Who, who, who's talking shit? <laughs> fuck, Somebody's talking shit? Someone named Fuckface. And so then, fuck you, Fuckface. <laughs> oh, you think we'll go off on tangents? <laughs> on the Midnight Horror <laughs> Have show? you ever listened to this show before, Mark? <laughs> he was masturbating into the, the corpse of a fucking beheaded fish. Fucking uh, nasty motherfucker. <laughs> We're going to end the show on corpse fucking this time, apparently. Anytime you talk about necrophilia, you're talking... It's going to take a certain kind of person to watch it. Yes, it's a charmed life. <laughs> Fuck you. You can hear the Midnight Horror Show live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday night at allradiox.com or download the show on iTunes, Podomatic, or at the allradiox.com page. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And welcome back. So you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs, episode number 43, where we did movie reviews of Housebound and The People Under the Stairs. I'd like to thank Ryan Lewis for coming on the show. It's always a blast to chat to that man, and you can check out myself on his show. At the moment, we're running through the Exorcist retrospective, uh, so there'll be a couple of episodes coming up over the next few weeks that we've already recorded. That has been a lot of fun. It's always great to hang out with the guys at Graveshift Radio. 
So, um, next week I will be joined by Mr. Andy Blockley from the Big Horror and Little Podcast. Um, our druid overlords have been curiously pawing through the information on my computer and... Um, they're fascinated by the fact that religion went the way it did in my timeline and this idea that priests are holier than thou and have asked me to do some movie reviews where let's say the sin corrupts the father so with that in mind we will be doing reviews of a small gem that not a lot of people have seen which I love so much um, from the 90s Day of the Beast and we're going to be tag teaming that up with a movie from just a couple of years ago actually, uh, the JT Petty release Hellbenders so that'll be coming up next week with Andy from Big Horror Little Podcast so um, in the interim make sure you check out his show, show him and his lovely wife Rachel some love um, and also check out the show that I've started with him uh, which will be debuting this week Doing the Nasty Podcast exclusively on Horrorphilia. You will have heard the promo for that on this show, so check it out. Um, out with that, I'm already lining up the next bunch of guests to appear on the show, and on the horizon looms the very special roundtable discussion, the director's uh, conversation where myself and some fantastic guests will be discussing the works of the arguably the the greatest horror, um, master of horror anyway of all time, which is uh, the man they call John Carpenter, the big JC, um, so I can't wait for that, so much stuff to, to talk about that man in so many movies, and I think that's going to get controversial, I was chatting with some of these folk that are going to appear on the show over Facebook, and we'd already, the lines were being drawn on certain movies, which will only mean a bit of uh, bit interesting content for you, the listener. The Baz will be uh, coming back to rattle through the next three in the Friday the 13th retrospective, as well as tackle the Evil Dead franchise, and I have loads of stuff lined up for him. There's also a very special announcement due in the next couple of weeks as pertains to uh, something a wee bit different from the show, which I think you guys are going to go crazy for, I hope. Um, We also have somewhere in February... Uh, a previous guest, Mr. Graham Humphreys, the the graphic designer um, and very famous uh, horror poster uh, artwork designer, coming back on the show to shoot the shit and talk some horror, uh, which I really can't wait for. Graham's a really nice guy, and uh, the last time he was on, we just kind of scratched the surface of of what we wanted to talk about and I wish I'd been recording the whole conversation because we ended up chatting loads off air about horror movies and I was like, why have we not recorded this? So he'll be coming back on to discuss that as well. Uh, make sure you check out all the shows over on Legion Podcast Network. You can find this show on that network as well as Devour the Podcast, Grave Shift Radio, Pick Her On A Little Podcast. You can check out some evil episodes, Horrible Podcast, um, Entertainment Weekly is also a member of that, the Midnight Horror Show, my brother's over there, we are loosely affiliated with that network, we'll eventually get there, uh, Duncan and Bo come correct, the list goes on, at the same time you should check out the shows over at Horrorphilia as well, you have The Skeleton Crew, Banana Laser, Kiss the Goat, like just like my favourite show, uh, Kiss the Goat over there with uh, Jeffrey and Tootie, um, my, my favourite Tennessee couple. 
Uh, so check out their show as well, and loads more over on that network. Sloppy Seconds with our main man, Gary Hill. Uh, so tons of content for you to check out until the next show from the podcast Under the Stairs drops. So with the show coming to a close, all that is left for me to say is remember you can leave us some feedback on iTunes. Uh, the higher the feedback, the more we get pushed up the listings, which means the bigger chance that some people that have never listened to the show may stumble across us and check us out. You can also leave us feedback on our email, which is uh, the podcast under the stairs at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com. Um, also, if you're not a member of the Facebook page, it's never too late to join. All you need to do is go to Facebook and type in that top search bar, Podcast Under The Stairs, come across to a closed group and get involved with the fucking brilliant conversations that we have over there. So until next week, please take care of yourselves. I look forward to speaking to you then. My name is Duncan McLeish, live from the void. Bye, everyone. <laughs>